Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first on Second Thought. First of all, congratulations uh, to Abilene Christian. They played terrific, uh, made some huge plays, phenomenal on the defensive end all night long, and uh, you know, certainly my hats off to their whole program. Uh, you know, just really feel for our guys right now. Because, uh, you know, up until tonight, we had a phenomenal season. Um, and this obviously isn't the way that any of us envisioned it ending. Um, but this is, you know, one of the facts of the NCAA tournament. This one team gets to stay and one team goes home. On Second Thought, episode 214, brought to you by Hookup.com, our good friends at Bud Light. I'm Sid Golden, as usual, joined by the Duck Kirk Bowles and Duck, always great to bring our little brother in, Brian Davis. <laughs> so much on the Texas plate that we had to get BD in here. We got spring football starting out. There's all kinds of sports, but the Shaka watch is the big topic. The last time you listened in to our little podcast, the Duck and I had Shaka himself on. And we were excited about what promised to be a nice tourney run. They got run by Abilene Christian. So the season's over. Shaka Sparks still hasn't won a game as the UTA coach in the NCAA tournament. And, BD, I'll start with you. What are the tea leaves telling you about Shaka Smart's very warm seat on the 40 acres? Well, I, I did listen to last week's podcast, and I do find it somewhat ironic that we're talking about this topic one week later. But <laughs> here's what I would say uh, to, to borrow a phrase from another one of the great leaders at, at the University of Texas. All you had to do was beat Kansas, and you could have come back. That's all you had to do. Just beat Kansas, and you would have been fine. Just beat Abilene Christian and you would have been okay, right? That's all you had to do is beat Abilene Christian, a team that, don't get me wrong, that was, that was their Super Bowl for them was to play the University of Texas, but then to turn around and just get curb stomped by UCLA, a team that is not very good, I don't think, uh, in the second round, you, you just can't lose to Abilene Christian. It's not recommended, is it? <laughs> that's, that's not the best way to ensure long-term job security. Uh, I think we're all three just still aghast and astonished that they would lose to Evelyn Christian, which, which you know, is not a terrible team. They won 23 games. They won the Southland. They were hot. They had a great defense. But it's still Evelyn Christian. Thank okay. you. Get there. Like, Thank get you. There. <laughs> and like Joe Golding said, 
two days ago, we beat the University of Texas. He loved it. When he, that goes, was he, loved it. When he goes in to, to, to get raised from 15 bucks an hour to 20 an hour, you just got to put that Bevo. <laughs> you just got to put that on there. Here's the thing that, guys, I'm telling you, we full disclosure, we're objective people. I'm, I was pulling for Shaka this season. Special season. They win the Maui Invitational. Uh, and right then and there, and we talk about it among ourselves. We go, they're on some different juice this year. That's different. They want a real tournament with North Carolina there. They want it. And then they go and they win the Big 12 tournament, something that's never been done at this school. They won it. Rick Barnes never won a Big 12 tournament. Kevin Durant didn't win a Big 12 tournament. TJ Ford didn't win a Big 12 tournament. DJ Augustine did not win a Big 12 tournament. But but it was an asterisk tournament. In fairness, they had to walk over against Kansas. Get in they where avo- you fit in, dog. Get in where avo- you fit in. They avoided That's not what the history book will say. They avoided the book will say they the won the Big 12 tournament. That's what the they, they beat a, a pretty good Texas Tech team that has trouble scoring at a walkover against Kansas, and they avoided Baylor. You know, so it was a – you know, we all, we've always talked about – and, yeah, He's very likable. We all like Shaka, you know, and uh, and hope that he would have done better. But, you know, for people to say, well, he never got a break, well, he got some breaks breaks. in the Big 12 tournament. He got some breaks. Yeah, but he didn't get a break from the selection committee who who put him up against his great Abilene Christian team. Wow. Look, 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 all I know is, all I know is that this weekend, there's a guy rolling up to Golden Chick in Abilene going, I'll take a four-piece with a Coke, and I beat the University of Texas. Okay? And, and the cashier at <laughs> the Golden Chicks going, I, I threw a couple extra buttermilk biscuits in there. Yes, that's all you need to know. You're a god in this city, Golden. You're a god in this city now. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Hey, that's that's going to be on his business card. Joe Golding, I beat the University of Texas. Right. I mean, he so, just okay. did. He just did. And so with Shaka, like I said, we wanted them to do well. And right. not just because Shaka's a good guy. Let's keep it 100. They were a fun watch. Yeah. That team was fun. They had guards who could make plays. They had a, a, a emerging uh, big man in Jericho Sims who's figured some things out late in his college career. And, and, and they had the supporting cast. They had the junkyard dogs and Kai Jones and Brock Cunningham. Those are the kind of teams that make a run. I wrote about program guys before this tournament. They had a lot of program guys. And Matt Coleman, who I love, I think he is hes a tremendous young man. He was fun this year. He just gave it away. He gave it away. Inexcusable. And see, and to me, guys, that's, that's the issue you know, all, all, all kind of all jokes aside about ACU for a second. I mean, this is exactly what the Shaka smart era has been. Lots of hope, lots of promise. And then Lucy pulls the football away right as Charlie Brown is, is ready to kick it. He's got a losing record in big 12 play zero NCAA tournament wins three soon to be four, maybe five uh, NBA draft picks. And that's, I'm sorry, but the program is not any closer 
to winning a national championship than when Rick Barnes walked out the door. And in fact, I would argue that Texas has backslid and they are now behind of, of where they were when you fired Rick Barnes. And I'm well, sorry, that that's unacceptable. Well, you'd have well, to argue that before you, you look at the roster too, guys. Yeah, I mean, you look at, you know, Kai Jones and Greg Brown, almost certainly going to the NBA, you know, Jericho Sims, a senior, Matt Coleman's a senior. He's going to move on. Probably Andrew Jones. Maybe they get Courtney Ramey back. But, you know, now Donovan Williams is in the tra- is in the portal. Royce Ham's in the portal. And as far as I know, you you two are in the portal. I mean, I'm in the, just- I'm in the portly. I'm not well, in the portal. I'm I get those mixed up sometimes. Yeah. But it's like, is everybody jumping ship or or what? So, it's it's a tricky deal, and I know the fans are saying just fire him. You know he's had six years. He had it's a it's a mer- it's a mercy killing at this point. And so, but I think every options on the table. I think they could fire him. I think they could keep him. I think Shaka could get, get another job somewhere else. I think every scenario is in play. You know what, Duck? I'm going to ask um, you both if you're CDC, if you're Chris Del Conte. And you got that palace opening up in a couple of years. You really want to go in there with a with a used car, or do you want to go get something off the showroom floor with that new car smell? Maybe out of Lubbock. I mean, something like that. I mean, because people are go- the one thing. It's one thing for the fan base to be angry, but it's quite another for them to be apathetic. You never want apathy. When they stop caring. I'd rather them be pissed off than than disinterested. Absolutely, got problems. Absolutely, Shaka gave them hope. Right, took it away. He took it away, and I'm telling you, the ACU team. The people came after me on Twitter because I, I said it. The I go, I won't bat an eye if UCLA beats ACU by 20 points. And guess what happened? They beat them by 20. Yeah. AC- yeah. Was it was it 20 exactly? Yeah, I it think so. They had eight turnovers. ACU shot 29% against Texas and won. And still won. And they shot 29% against UCLA and they got their ass kicked. And Texas had a had a golden opportunity and I agree with Brian 100%. UCLA has a couple of good players. Texas would have beaten UCLA. They just would have. They, they, they were in the play-in game. Eleven. They were in the playing exactly. And they had three, three games. games. Three games in five days, and they yeah. and they still managed yeah. to whoop whoop up on ACU. This is a no excuse time of year. We all know that. And Texas, you know, did not come through for whatever reason. And I think we all see that it's not working right now. And maybe just shocking needs a change of scenery or what, but. Like Brian said earlier, if this team isn't backsliding after the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City, I don't know what is because the roster is just going to be decimated, I think. I, I, I think that he wins two games this tournament. And you know what? They throw him a mulligan next year because he's rebuilding. Oh, definitely. You know he showed us what he can do with a team that he built. Those are all guys that signed. He built that, and he and he built it from the ground up. He got to the Sweet Sixteen, right? Lost to whomever, Alabama or Florida State, whomever, 
But Shaka's coming back because finally he showed us that he can do something in this program. He got the goose egg out of the way, but it would be hard for me to see them bringing him back with that goose egg still there. It'd be hard to do. And I know that last season was, was a wash. Uh, maybe last season saved him, them not having that tournament, because maybe they run him if they don't get selected. So he got can't. a mulligan of sorts and didn't yeah. take advantage of it. That's disappointing. Yeah, it is. And the, and the whole Big 12 end up not looking nearly as good as we thought. Shocker. And, Shocking. You know, I mean, that's the only good part of my bracket is I still got Baylor and Gonzaga in there, my two finalists. But I don't know. It's funny because, I mean, the Big 12 is so good and so competitive, but it, they didn't go to that next level. And, you know, Tech didn't have much of offense. Oklahoma – they were entering on, on a losing streak going into the NCAA tournament. Uh, West Virginia, I was really disappointed. And I thought a little bit of Oklahoma State was doing it with mirrors a little yeah, bit. It was too it much surprised me. Yeah, too much hate. had a lot of bad first halves. And that's something that guy has to fix before he goes to the next level. So maybe Victor puts all its eggs in Bader's basket and maybe Bader can do it. But uh, otherwise, it was really a, a down tournament for the entire Big 12. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it, though, you look at the teams on an individual basis. We, we all knew that Kansas was uh, was shaky. Uh, Oklahoma State is the is the Cade Cunningham show. Right. Um, West West Virginia, it depends on what day you catch the Mountaineers, so, so to speak. So you, so you could kind of poke holes, but I, but I do think that we all agreed that the league's strength overall would have carried them forward, and it didn't, which, which was a surprise. But um, – Said I'm with you. I, I think it's very hard to see how Texas uh, brings Shaka back, only because of the of the apathy level. I mean, good luck, good luck selling season tickets because I think this roster is going to be completely, uh, you know, completely, completely different next year. Um, you think AJ One's leaving BD? I think I think when it comes to Andrew, he's going to have to ask himself: Does he want a sixth year in college? But you got to remember, he's been here since the summer of 2016. Um, as a, that's when he enrolled. Uh, obviously, he missed a year because of, of the leukemia diagnosis. Um, but he, but he has logged games in five straight seasons. And so, I, I think it's going to be a matter of does he want, um, does he want to be the who was it, Justin McElmore that played six years here yeah. uh, in another sport? So um, that's a big question. But I, I expect Matt Coleman to move on. Jericho will. I expect Kai Jones to announce uh, within hours, maybe, that he's going pro. Um, Brock Cunningham be, will be back. Brock will be back to kill some people, no question. I, I, I think that will be a lottery pick, pick, right? Greg Brown's right. leaving. Greg Brown's and, leaving. And, and one thing, too, that yeah. we should really stress is that, yes, it may sound bad that, that Donovan and um, Royce. Royce Ham went into the transfer portal. But I think so many players are going to be in the portal this year th that it's going to be a free-for-all. And Texas will be able to get some of the some of those guys out of the portal as well. Absolutely. And I think with A.J., after a while, it's just time to move on and get on with your life. You know, I don't see A.J. as, as a great NBA player. I don't know if he's got a future in the league, but I would be very surprised because there's not one thing that any of those guards do great you know, they're very good, but they don't have one skill set that, oh, my God, they're, they're the best at this. You know, like a, like a Kai Jones, uh, 
uh, definitely has. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very interesting offseason. And like one thing we know about Cristo Conti, he never does anything fast. He's a very deliberate guy, so this thing could, could, could continue to drag out a while longer. Yeah, he waited three weeks. He waited three weeks to fire Karen. Right. Um, to not, or not renew or whatever you want to call it. So it's uh, going to be interesting um, to, to see what happens with hoops. The Shaka watch we thought would, would not be happening. We really thought that they would be a, a real player in this thing, and it turned out to not be the case. Um, still, still surprised by that, but let's get on to other pursuits. On Second Thought. Crime lovers are always looking for new and engaging content. The Already Gone podcast covers stories from Michigan and the Great Lakes region. Cases you haven't heard before, like the Mayo Hunters or the murder of 16-year-old Justin Mello, plus better-known cases like the death of Jane Bashara and Illinois' own Lori Dan. Already Gone started in 2016, so there is a big back catalog for you to enjoy. Find Already Gone on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, or your favorite podcatcher. Well, guys, uh, spring football, our favorite time of year is upon us, and Steve Sarkeesian is taking over the University of Texas ship, and they're out there. They're ready. They're getting ready to, to get it going. My biggest question, and I'll start with you, Duck, um, the Steve Sarkeesian culture, what do you think he's trying to bring to Texas that's maybe going to be different than what we saw from Tom Herman? Well, I think it's a serious and a confidence type uh, qualities that he's trying to bring. It's, you know, everybody wants to be the next Alabama. We all know that. And the fact that he'd been there, he'd been the play caller, you know, for a national champion and the best program in college football for the last decade, he's going to try to emulate everything, Nick, whether it's assistant coaches and coordinators not talking to uh, controlling and speaking with one voice, his voice. And he just seems to bring a swagger and a confidence and a, and a seriousness to him maybe that Tom Herman did not have. So I think and given the fact that he comes from Alabama where they just won a title, gives him some uh, buy-in more than maybe Herman did coming from, you know, two years successful though they were at Houston. So I think he gets a little bit more credibility and instant respect in the locker room. Well, you know, I, I think about it like this guys. I mean, when Charlie strong got here, the first thing he did was got rid of, he got rid of 10 players, right? Needed right. to shake up the country club culture. Okay. Well, that, and that got that got people's attention, and then Charlie turned around and became their friend. Tom comes in the first day of his first team meeting and says, "Sit the f up," right? And he starts just mfing them and dog cussing them into the ground. You know who's a champion, who's not, what color is your pee? You know all these types of things. You're a bad guy. You're a bad guy if that pee is is dark. You're a bad guy. Yes, you're a bad guy. I was guy, a bad, bad guy, guy. In, in Pflugerville this morning. Go ahead. Absolutely, but it's like you know. I, I don't get the, I just don't feel that Sark has shtick. You know, I just don't feel that he has to do anything other than walk in the room and go, uh, I just won Alabama national title. Are, are we good or, or what? You know, like, do y'all want to try doing it our way or what? I mean, he doesn't have to go. 
he doesn't have to go in there and Tim McGraw, these guys and go, can you touch that? You know, right. He doesn't, he doesn't have to do that. Right. I'm just saying, I, I mean, we, the two of us have talked about this offline. He has a confidence, but it's not cockiness, which I like, uh, and he, which it's, yes, yeah, it's very much true. And he just has this vibe of, I know what I'm doing. Just let me do my thing and we'll coach him up and we'll win some games. It's an interesting yeah. dichotomy because I agree. I think it's skins on the wall vis-a-vis Alabama, even though he wasn't successful as a head coach that much. He took over a bad situation in Washington, made them better, but not to the level that Washington or any power five wants to be at. And then he crumbled at uh, USC partly because of his own uh, issues that he had. But it's, I think I just think Alabama buys him so much credibility more than Herman had. And said, let me ask you this, said, uh, when we were listening to the press conferences the last this this week, I mean, that the stuff he was saying, was it not straight out of probably the Nick Saban uh handbook? It's the Nick Saban playbook. He's following yes. it. He's 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 following it word for word. And not everyone can do it like St. Nick. Let's keep it real. Not everyone can do it like St. Nick. And and Sark has has coached under two of the greatest college football coaches of all time, Nick mm-hmm. Saban and Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll was a circus. You had Snoop Dogg and Denzel and Will Ferrell showing up to practices. They're having rap battles. <laughs> between breaks. So those kind of things were happening in the Cali, but then you go over to Tuscaloosa and the, you know, it's like Fort Knox. Everything is holed up. There's one guy talking. It's, it's more of a military type deal. There's no parties going on. I know y'all find it hard to believe, but the, but the lifestyle in, in LA was different than the lifestyle in Tuscaloosa. The nightlife is different in those two places. Is it really? And yeah. And so <laughs> he, of course, he's going to grab on to what's working. I mean, that's his calling card. His work in Alabama is why he got this job. But the question I have for you, Duck, and I'm a YouTube BD, will he be able to pull it off? Because I'm not trying to be funny here, but I do know for a fact that Steve Sarkeesian is not Nick Saban. Well, it's and that's you don't know what the shelf life of that Alabama street cred is. It may be until the first half of the game against the Raging Cajuns on September 4th, and then people are not going to care what happened at Alabama. You know, every coach who's been through uh, Tuscaloosa wants to be the Nick Saban, but for every Kirby Smart who's doing well at Georgia, you know, there's a Jeremy Pruitt who just got fired at Tennessee. You know, for every uh, uh, Jimbo who's turned A&M around, you know, you know, there's a Lane Kiffin who's still trying to get it done now at uh, Ole Miss. So there's no guarantee of anything at all. I think I really think it's going to come down to, OK, he, he needs to use that Alabama street cred for recruiting while he can. But that's going to go away, I think, uh, probably in fairly short order unless he wins. He can't pull a Maryland right out of the box because then all that cred goes away. It's going to come down to recruiting 
And to me, more than anything else, it's going to come down to quarterback, make the right decision, and recruit good former quarterback, and the O-line and D-line. That's how SEC teams win. Well, you know, one, one thing that we really need to hit on uh, with the fans is that the fans need to understand that, that we are not going to be allowed to talk to coordinators on this. And uh, that's ever, something that ever, ever, ever. And so are they we again? might, Who are they? <laughs> well, well, we, we <laughs> might, we might get it. We might get a chance to talk to the, to the um, offensive and defensive assistants uh, maybe later on in the spring, but that's probably going to be it. Not during the season. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian is a guy who's going to talk with one voice and it's his. And, you know, that to me is a, is a big gamble. It, it just, it just is because, um, you, you know, fans are going to get tired of listening to that one voice if things are not going well. And so that, that's, that's something that is going to have to work. We'll have to see how it works itself out. Um, you know, but the main thing said, and I'll, I'll throw it to you. It's just, I agree with Kirk. I think it's going to, I think it all depends on, I don't care who's talking on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Is B. John getting it on Saturday? Right? <laughs> You'll get it. Is is uh, is Demarvion Overshone coming off the corner and making it happen on Saturdays? Is uh, Casey Thompson or Hudson Card finding the open guys on Saturdays? That's ultimately what matters. I believe, um, you know, selfishly speaking, um, we enjoy uh, telling the stories of these of these young men and. Yeah, and women, you know, in, in all of sports. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tougher for us as writers to more fully tell those stories if we aren't speaking to the coaches who are around them the most. The coordinators are around these kids way more than Steve Sarkeesian is. And so they kind of have more of an insight to who these kids are. And so we're not going to be able to fully tell their stories as well if we're not going to be able to speak with the coordinators. And that's unfortunate. That's his, that's his call. I get that. But I, but I, but I just think that if, if they struggle, because people in, people in Tuscaloosa are going, man, I'm just so tired of Nick Saban. Really? Are you tired of going 11-1, and 12-0 every year? No, you're not. Right. Speak, Nick. Speak, St. Nick. I want to hear more. But if but if you're speaking at four, five, or four or five and four, and and the coordinators are having a bad day at the office week in and week out, and and they're not being made to answer to it, mind you, the million dollar a year coordinators at that, you know, your 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 ticket price, uh, your ticket money at play there, then there's going to be some frustration in the fan base. Yeah, I just think no. it's unnecessary. You know, there's only one Nick Saban, just like there's only one Bill Belichick. And you don't have to try to beat him. That's not going to help you win if your defensive coordinator isn't ask, answering questions about, you know, why did you go to that zone defense when they picked you apart? You know, to me, it's it's not so much about, you know, the fans don't care about us. We know that. And, and they shouldn't. But – they they want to get to know the players. They want to get to know the staff. And and even more than that, it's unfair for the players to answer tough questions when these yes. million dollar coaches do not. That is absolutely uh, unfair burden on these players. And that's one of my big uh, objections to that part of his philosophy. I think I think I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be something where he's taking the hard line. Tom Herman didn't allow his his coordinators to speak after games 
But we yeah, did we got them on Wednesdays. We did get them midweek. And what that did is they gave us an opportunity to ask, okay, what went right or what went wrong the past week? And also let's spring ahead right in the middle of the week, which was really good for us. Uh, and we were working on a profile. It's perfect. Cause I didn't go to all of those, those coordinator meetings, but if I'm working on a, a big profile, I wanted to talk to that coordinator because those coordinator gives you a, a keen insight into, um, into what's going on with these kids. And so, uh, you know, looking forward, um, like Brian said, B. John Robinson, boom. He's the bell cow, 20 carries a game, 25 touches a game should be the minimum. Committee, my, you know what, we don't need to see a committee. Roshan Johnson's a good number two, fine. But Bijan needs to be that bell cow. I'm interested to see if, if, if it's going to be Hudson Card or Casey Thompson. Which one are you guys leaning toward uh, without having seen anything except for that bowl game? You first meet well, one, one thing I want to do is I want to ask the offensive coordinator, why are you giving Bijan the ball 40 times? Why are you wearing him down, okay? <laughs> kidding, kidding, <laughs> kidding. Um, you know, quarterback perspective, I, I've, I, uh, I'm not, I haven't changed. I've said this publicly and I'm not going to change off this. I think Hutz, I think Casey Thompson should be the starter against Louisiana. I think he's earned it by uh, veteranness, for lack of a better term. If you're telling me, that he was good enough to be Sam Ellinger's backup for two years, and then all of a sudden, uh, not good enough to be the starter. I don't. I don't buy that. I, I think that. And 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 I'm and I would and I would say that without the Alamo Bowl, if if Sam had played the entire Alamo Bowl and we never knew what Casey could do, I would still say Casey Thompson because I feel like he's he has put in the the time and effort, and, and I think he should be the guy initially. Now, why, why do you say that? I disagree. Why, why would you – I don't believe in participation ribbons or, hey, you're a junior, you're a senior, you've been here longer, give it to the best guy, and you still should. But I tell you, the Alamo Bowl impressed the hell out of me. Casey okay. looked great. Okay. Well, I understand that, but here's, but here's my point. Yeah. Is that, and I, and I, I've got a little PTSD from the previous staff. The previous nice. staff showed <laughs> us – okay, the previous staff showed us that they – do not give that they did not give guys enough chances to show what they could do. Right. If that right. was the case, Bijan would have played a hell of a lot earlier than October and November. True. No right. Question. So that's my point. I, I feel like Casey Thompson, there's a, there's probably a really good player trapped in there. We just haven't seen it. He should get the chance to show it. I, I believe that. I believe that too. And I was really impressed. I know, I know that the team that they, they beat up on was, uh, you know, had a foot out the door, but, uh, uh, he made some hellacious throws yep. and he's more elusive than Sammy. Question is, can you keep him healthy? He's not as sturdy as Sam, but um, I don't see them running a whole lot of quarterback stuff. It's not something that it's not something that Sark or uh, uh, Nick Saban did at Alabama. Well, with, two uh, huh? two Mac Jones didn't. Yeah. Two, two, didn't. I'm just saying this past year, Tua was more elusive. Right. Uh, even though he's, you know, he's, He's not a burner, but right. yeah, but Mac Jones is more of a pocket guy, and yeah. I th- I think that they're going to incorporate some some movement with Kate with Casey because I really liked what I saw out of Casey. Uh, impressive. They're both, they're both going to have a bevy of receivers um, coming back and uh, good skill positions up front. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Kurt Stetter's back, right? Um, hmm? 
Yep. Oh, and who, who else? Jake, and Jake, I, I, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot to like about Jake Majors. I think, um, I think I think he really was impressive. Yeah. In the last couple of games, um, I think offensive line is not going to be as big an issue as we thought. Uh, it 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 was it I, was. I agree, and I, I, they, they started three freshmen in San Antonio in the Alamo Bowl, and they they performed very well. I, I agree. I think D line is where they really got to step up, and linebacker depth is very shallow. But you got to get some beasts like Alfred Collins up front, and I think I think he's going to be an All American before he leaves here. I think. Oh wow. But, but you know, you lose lose some elite pass rushers. Osai didn't always you know play to the level he did at Oklahoma State. But you got to put some pressure on that quarterback. So I think they're going to be really looking for those edge rushers that can make a difference. And how ex- how excited are you guys? Let's, let's- Let's be real here. How excited are you guys about spring football? Come on, tell me. I'm, I'm out at the golf tournament. What do you mean, spring football? I interrupt. I interrupted watching, you know, Justice League for this podcast to talk about spring football. So How's, come on. Four hour, is the four-hour Justice League? How many hours in are you? <laughs> I'm at one and a half. Oh wow! The, well, only, the only thing worse than spring football is recruiting. Okay. Oh yeah! Wow! Wow! Yes. Now, now the truth is coming out. We don't see spring training. We don't see them, so we don't get to cover them. So and I don't like it. I don't like taking the coach's word for it. Oh, we had a great practice today. Right. I know that. Well, that's it. That's it too. And I, th- I think that we're all frustrated. We're all still. Let's be honest. We're still frustrated by COVID and the yes. fact that Texas doesn't let anyone up there yet. And you're right. It's very easy for Sark to get on a Zoom call and go, oh, my God, you know, we, we, we really killed it today. Right. And, and I'm, we're not saying that he's being untruthful or whatever. It's just we, don't, we, we can't go out there and smell the grass and see these guys with our own eyes and see who passes the eye test. That's one of the issues. That's an just, issue. I would just leave the Longhorns on this upbeat note. I'm out here at the, the Dell Technologies Match Play Golf Tournament, and the Longhorns are 3-0 and after day Woo-hoo! three. That's, uh, that's for Telly, Spieth. And Scheffler. And Scheffler. Scheffler, wow. I think Scheffler, Scheffler will do better than people think this weekend. Fratelli blew out uh, Tony Finau, your guy, Cedric. Uh, six Don't be on Finau, dog. Six and five. He oh, smoked Fina. That, that's a smoke. Oh, and man. And that's a good thing. Even though Fertelli is the last one to get in the field, all three of these guys can win it. They're playing their games are that, that good right now. All I know is that Rory's already put a ball in someone's swimming pool. <laughs> yes, that was did. embarrassing. I was watching. Yes. I was watching that. I was watching that. Good drama. But you know what? At the end of the day, he's still Rory McIlroy, and we're not. That's right. We're not, and we're not exactly. And we're not. So, <laughs> BD, we're going to let you get back to the Justice League because you got a full plate there. I've been binge, I've been binging Oz. I'm 25 years behind the rest of the world, but there's something about prison drama that just intrigues me. I, I'm, I'm the American out of BC. That's you who I help. am right now. You need help. I, I, need, need, I need that little hat on the on the top of my bald head. So, oh my God, do it. For episode 214 of On Second Thought, got to thank BD Brian Davis for joining us. We will be back next week. Check out our stuff on hook'em.com and statesman.com. For the Doug Kirk Bowls and BD, I'm Sam Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. 
archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.